Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, people... They're being warned. This is what Jesus said. How good and wise that faithful servant who understands that lost people matter to God. And that's why you are here. I'm to use some of my time, of course, to raise my family, get married, do all of those things, be a good employee. Absolutely. But if none of my time is sharing the truth with the lost, then I'm failing at the mission of God repentance. We hear this word many times in reference to the gospel and for good reason. The Bible says that without repentance, no one can be saved. It also makes it clear that believing in Jesus is not enough. The book of James implies that belief-only thinking puts you on the same level as demons. Pastor Mark will continue his sermon from the book of Luke where Jesus warns his listeners of the coming of a new godly kingdom. He speaks of their need to change their ways so they can become citizens of this new kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Be Ready for Jesus' Return. at the two things that interfere with doing, being a good manager, but the worries of this life, the very same thing, and the deceitfulness of wealth, money, 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 take her, take her, take her, take her, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word. And so I'm not a good manager at all because I'm worried about things, which means I don't trust God. And number two, I'm here because I want to get all I can. Well, life doesn't consist in the abundance of things. So a manager is to have the attitude of God, not to worry and not to be a taker, but be a giver. Now watch it. I love verse 39. Look at it. Jesus says this, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not let his house be broken into. You also must be ready Not for a thief, but it's talking about Jesus coming back instantly, we don't know. You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Now, you'll see the stupidity of this. Let me do the opposite. Jesus says to this group of people, and he says to you and me this morning, a thief always calls the owner before he comes to rob the house. For instance, you're at home and you get a call and the man says, who am I speaking to? I'm the owner of this house. Well, I just want to tell you it's seven o'clock. My group and I are coming to rob your house. Have a good day. 
That's stupid. Nobody would ever do that. Now, a thief doesn't announce when he's coming. Nobody knows when the rapture's coming. So how do I have to be prepared? 24-7. It's not like, well, God's coming tomorrow. Okay, I got to get really busy today. Let's see what I can do. I'm ready. No, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. So we're to be ready. We're to be managers all the time, faithful, because we know what's happening. Now, I'll bring the balance to you. Many of us will never see the rapture unless God comes sooner. For the last 2,000 years, nobody's seen the rapture. But everybody through the last 2,000 years has done what? They've died. So should I be just as ready for my death as I am for the rapture? Oh, Pastor Mark, I'm 19. So we see that. All the time. We see it all the time. So I should be ready for my death. Now, what does that mean? Well, I should be ready because there's only two destinations. I should be ready to go to heaven. Some of you, oh, you're not ready to die. Well, Pastor Mark, I'll get ready when there's time. There may be no time. So you want to get ready. By the way, why would you wait? Serving Jesus Christ is the greatest lifestyle in all the world. It absolutely is. Now, Linda and I, we were watching this show the other night. It was a preview or something. And I can't say it'll all be good, but I fell in love with it. It's called Pure Genius. It's a medical kind of deal. And Linda and I, you know, I was a pharmacist. My wife's a nurse. And so we're like, in the, and our kids are ultrasound and working open heart, my, my son. So we're all like medical people. And it's about this amazing story. It's a little... 25th century, whatever stuff. But it's just amazing the things they have. You can see it coming in our life. And they have television screen. They can look at you with a little watch here. And you can have an ultrasound. Boop, done. Here it is. Here's the result. Here's your EKG without getting on the machine and going like this. It's right there. It's just amazing. And they're curing people all over the place. And it's just fantastic. And we really enjoyed the show. And then I said to my wife, well, it really doesn't matter. Because we're all going to die anyway. Is that true? You know, one out of one. What did I tell you? One out of one dies. It's never changed. So even though that's fantastic, I love it. And I'd like to live it longer too with that kind of thing. But eventually you're going to die. So you're going to have to see what Jesus says. No thief's going to call you and say, uh, you're going to die tomorrow. No, you don't know. So you want to be ready, prepared and ready. Now, Verse 41, Peter's always the voice that's speaking out of the 12. Peter asks, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Remember, there's unbelievers, there's Jewish people that don't believe, there's a disciple. He doesn't answer. Look what he says. The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager? Look at me. Are you a faithful and wise manager. Are you reducing the gap? That's what Jesus is saying. Whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them food allowance at the proper time. So here's what Jesus says. This is a challenge to you and me. Be a faithful and wise manager. That's why we're here. Simply be a faithful, manage your time, your possessions, your money, your gifting, Use that time wisely for the kingdom of God. Now look at verse 43. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. 
Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Now, some people have the wrong attitude. When they say, be ready, be waiting, here's what they say. You know, well, I have my devotions today. It's 7 a.m. Good. Is it a good thing to have devotions? Hello? That's a good thing. You go back to that person and you come home in the afternoon and you say, I'm stopping by to see you again. How are you doing? And he's been eight hours doing his devotions. And you say to him, well, what are you going to do tonight? I'm going to do my devotions. What have you done today? Nothing. I'm obeying God. I'm waiting. I'm ready for whenever he comes back. That is not what he means. Ready means I'm going to be active doing what he told me to do. It's good to read the Bible. You can't sit there all day long and read the Bible. Here's what some people do. Pastor Mark, I came to church today. Isn't that wonderful? It is. Thank you so much. What are you going to do with the other six days? I should manage what God gives me. And what's the primary thing that you should manage? It's called VIO. You familiar with it? Look at the value and impact of one. Jesus said, I came so that I can seek and save the lost. Do you know, outside of this building this morning, if you say to a person, let's say you go down to your neighborhood today, hey, we learned something at church. We should be ready for the second coming of Jesus. How many people in your neighborhood would go like, say what? This isn't a laughing thing. They have no idea they're going to be judged. They have no idea God loves them. They have no idea that if they remain sinners, they will be separated from God forever. They have no idea. They're not thinking about it. How can they be thinking about it? You and me. You see, people, they're being warned. This is what Jesus said. How good and wise that faithful servant who understands that lost people matter to God. And that's why you are here. I'm to use some of my time, of course, to raise my family, get married, do all of those things, be a good employee. Absolutely. But if none of my time is sharing the truth with the lost, then I'm failing at the mission of God. See, somebody spent time praying for you and sharing with you. Now, you guys are doing good because you're inviting people. We have a great time as we get to the holidays. What a great time to invite people. But we have to understand our mission is simply all about people. And people outside our buildings are doing normal things as people do. But there's not much spiritual aspect to their life at all. And so we have to be on mission. Now, notice in this passage as well, we see a biblical principle. I just read it to you. When we're faithful in little things, what does God give us? More. He gives us more to do. So thank you for being faithful, being on mission. Keep inviting people. Bring somebody this Wednesday night to the word and worship. It's just a fantastic. Invite somebody next weekend. We'll have communion. We'll have a great service. I already know what I'm going to be teaching. We're headed right on into chapter 13 of Luke. You can read ahead. So understand what Jesus is trying to say to the people. We're a manager. We're a steward. We're faithfully serving God, but I'm managing the resources he gave me so I can be effective in touching the lives of people. Now, look at verse 45. Here is a picture of an unbeliever, a professed believer, but he's not really, and the Jewish leaders. But suppose, verse 45, the servant says to himself, my master has taken a long time in coming. 
And he then begins to beat, this is just an illustration, to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. Here's the opposite of being faithful and wise as a servant. This servant professes to be working and serving Christ, but by his actions, no way. Are you here this morning and claim to be a believer? But you're never in church, you're never in the word, rarely ever come, rarely doing anything, and you call yourself a believer? Careful. This person professes to believe a believer, but what is he doing? He's convinced that the master won't return for a long time, so why should I get ready? So he uses the possessions, the food, all those resources that God has blessed him with on who? Himself. He serves himself and ignores the people. One of the greatest sins you and I can do is simply keep the gospel to ourself and not share it with others. So watch these next verses, what Jesus is going to say. The master of this man who spent, he's not ready. He's spending his own time on himself, selfish, taker, not a giver. The master will return unannounced, in unexpected. Could be the second coming, could be a death. And he will cut the servant, analogy, this isn't, this isn't, you'll see what it's about. He will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions, will be severely punished. So here's what we see in these two verses. Now, I don't have time to develop them, but it's a very interesting thing. Here it is. Write them down. For believers, when we get to heaven, there's going to be different degrees of reward. Now, we're in heaven because we're not saved by good works. We're saved by God's grace. But in heaven, if I'm judged against what the potential God has for me and where I am, if I'm closing the gap, good things for me. There's rewards. There's blessing rewards in heaven. Now, the second thing is, what if I'm a believer, but I'm just kind of way out here? Well, the rewards are gone. And actually, Paul talks about Corinthians. He talks about things we do. It's not just what we do, but why we do them. Our motives are huge. And by the way, only God knows our motives. And sometimes in 1 Corinthians, it says, Paul says, those things that we did for the wrong motive or we didn't, wood, hay, and stubble, burned up. But second, for unbelievers, there'll be degrees of punishment in hell. So what he's going to say, watch this. And I'll show you. Look at verse 48. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. This is an unbeliever. Only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in turn. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Here's a fundamental principle regarding our service to God. The principle is the greater the privilege the greater the responsibility. Those who know much are responsible more than those who know little. If you have revelation and you're getting it this morning and you reject it, then you're going to be absolutely under greater judgment compared to a person that's never been inside the church, doesn't even know any spiritual things. Now, we know in Romans 1, they can know God through conscience. They can know God through the nature. Then they know in their own heart. God has put eternity in the hearts of man. But less judgment in hell 
Christians? You say, well, Bismarck, I shouldn't have come today because now I'm responsible for what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yes, you are. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. I take this responsibility as a pastor very seriously. Because what are we dealing with every weekend? The souls of men and women. I've been given much. I'm responsible for much. I don't take this lightly. No pastor here takes this lightly. Understand, you've been coming to the church for many years. You've heard the word over and over again. You're responsible. No excuses. Just do the word. Now, so what does that say, Pastor Mark? Write it down. Be ready to obey what we know. You're a servant and a manager. God owns everything, and we manage everything. Now, look at verse 49. People think this. When Jesus came because of the scripture, he came to bring peace and joy and forgiveness. Well, he did, but it didn't start that way when he came to the earth. Watch what happens, and you're going to see how powerful this is. Look in verse 49. I have come to bring fire, whoa, on the earth. That's judgment, cleansing, and how I wish it were already kindled. I'm going to read verse 15 in New Living Translation. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it's accomplished. See, Jesus knew his first coming to the earth would instantly bring fire. When he came, there would be division and strife and persecution and bloodshed. That's exactly what happened in the world when he came. Now, his baptism he's talking about there. In verse 50, it's not water baptism. It's his death on the cross for man's sin. So Jesus would experience what on the cross? Fire, persecution, shame, suffering, and death. He knew it was coming. He was going to stay with it. Now, look at verse 51. We would never guess what Jesus' answer to this is. He's speaking to us this morning. Do you think I came to bring peace on the earth? No. What? I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two, two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. What in the world is he talking about? Here's what he's talking about. When Jesus came, he made well known there's two kingdoms in the world. There's the kingdom of Satan. Satan rules. The end result of the kingdom of Satan is hell. Everybody who doesn't become a believer ends up in hell. Hell was never for man. It's for devil and his demons. The other kingdom is the kingdom of God. And that's where God wants everybody. He doesn't want anybody to perish. So when Jesus came, he knew that in our world, two things would happen. Let me just remind you of something this morning. Satan's goal is always to divide. Marriage. Husband and wife get divorced. Who wins that? God or Satan? Why? Because the family is what? Divided. What is God's goal? Always to what? Unite. Man will leave home 
and the husband and wife will become one. Do you get it? So Jesus knew when he came, he would be the division. He would be division. In front of him, you'll see in a moment, are Jewish people going, you're not the Messiah. Are you kidding me? And so where is division? It's already, by the way, is there any division in our voting process in the next few weeks? (laughs) By the way, when the voting's over, we'll all be back at peace and unified in the United States. Yeah, right. By the way, that's why more If you continue to do what you're doing well, invite people to church. Share there is someone that can bring you peace. Because our world is just as frustrated as we are. Nothing makes sense. Hypocrites everywhere. Can't trust anybody. But you can trust God's word this morning. It's true. It's true. Now, why the family stuff? Because that happens today. Husband says, no way I'm going to be religious. The wife says, well, I want to serve God. Or vice versa. In-laws, relatives. It divides homes. What's, What's the dividing factor? Look at the dividing factor. Jesus says this. He knew he would bring division. Jesus answered, I, not religion, I'm the way, the truth, the life. And here's the part that divides everything. Here's what you normally hear today. This is what divides us with friends at work, family members. If you go to the people that are running today and you say this, they'll go, no way. All roads lead to God. But look at the division factor. No one, how many is no one? No one. No one comes to the Father. Where is the Father living this morning? Heaven. My translation, no one goes to heaven except through Jesus Christ only. I was reading an article this morning. Well, one of the candidates, probably both. Work and belief is what gets you to heaven. Sorry, it's only belief. By faith are we saved. By grace in believing in him. Our works come after. So when people say, well, no way, I'm not going to believe like you. This country can't be based on, and I don't have the article. I have the article this morning, but I don't have time. Do you know right now, there's a pastor in Georgia that the governor has demanded his sermons. Why would a governor want my sermons? Now, if he wants them for the right reason, read them, maybe you get saved. Praise God. But what are they looking for? Something that they don't agree with that's in the Bible that's truth. Now, they're going to fight it. Since when do we live in a free country that I must turn my sermons over to the government? You say, well, you mean this, the division is going to get worse, Pastor Mark? Mm -hmm. Someday, seriously, you may have somebody else up here. We learned a little more regarding repentance today. We were introduced to the concept of being fruit bearers. Pastor Mark taught that bearing godly fruit means that we begin to display in our lives behavior that's similar to God's behavior and ways of thinking. Realistically, this can be done only through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. 
In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time we'll finish this message off, Pastor Mark will be sharing Jesus' warnings about the cost that following him will bring. We will see through his examples that the cost can be very high indeed. We'll get a better idea of that battle that we face and whether we realize it or not, that when we decide to take Jesus' side, the battle will become more intense for sure. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.